And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Twelve points for Towns, more than he. Jalen Brown kicks it out. Smart takes inside. Tatum spins and he puts it in. Celtics go up by one. Watch basketball. I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your opening weekend of the playoffs weekend update. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Keith, the playoffs are here. They finally started. And needless to say... They delivered a fun opening weekend. It was a great opening weekend. I am definitely hopped up on postseason basketball and Easter candy. It was an amazing day of some fantastic performances. I guess basically, maybe I'm just too overwhelmed with one specific game. Just the Nets-Celtics game lived up to all the hype on Sunday. The rest of them, they were fine. But honestly, that marquee matchup in the afternoon was unbelievable. That's right. Nets, Celtics in Boston, Kyrie Irving. There's so much drama surrounding the Brooklyn Nets. And of course, the Boston fans do not like Kyrie. And uh, he gave him plenty of reason during this game. But Keith, we're going to actually start at the finish of this game. Boston wins on a buzzer beater. An amazing play. 115-114. Jason Tatum scores two of his 31 points on just a ridiculous spinning layup around Kyrie Irving at the buzzer to win the game. This was a remarkable play, Keith. It really was, and it capped off what was just a back-and-forth game at the end of the fourth quarter, the last couple of minutes, just everyone making big shots. But the final moments where the Nets had the ball, Kyrie did a bunch of very nifty dribble moves but could not shake any defenders he got double teamed he finally threw it out to Durant who just had a few seconds left on the shot clock Durant put up a three-pointer it was rebounded by the Celtics it seemed like Ime Udoka considered calling timeout like it looked like he was even stepping out onto the court with his arms out to call timeout but he saw maybe the opportunity to go in transition to attack without letting the Nets have a chance to set up on defense and he let it play out and you saw Jalen Brown be a playmaker he dribbles over to the corner, dribbles baseline, throws out to Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart has been criticized at times, perhaps, by Celtics fans for trying to take those big shots a lot. He pump fakes with great awareness with how much time is left. At this point, I have, like, sympathy for the Nets and the Nets' defense, and I see a lot of people upset with how poor the Nets' defense was. 
in that situation, in a scramble, it's just a scramble. And it's like, you know, I give more credit to the Celtics for their players, for their awareness, for Jalen Brown forcing the defense to react, getting defenders on him, then throwing it to Marcus Smart, and then Marcus Smart with the pump fake who finds Jason Tatum, who's making an incredible cut towards the basket, and somehow Tatum knows he has exactly the right amount of time. He knew down to the 10th of the second, I'm going to catch this pirouette and then lay it in for the buzzer beater and the game winner. Yeah, Marcus Smart had a great line where he basically said, you always have more time than you think. In these situations, I love that he not only did he pump fake two guys, but he also split them when they were in the air to step through and make the pass and find Jason Tatum, who, like you said, just an an incredible cut. Uh, Kevin Durant totally falls asleep on that play defensively. If he's just guarding the lane, Jason Tatum doesn't ever get the ball. And and Marcus Smart's probably having to put a shot up. And again, I have sympathy for Durant. Like there's going to be a lot of bad clips of him just standing there. But I think he was concerned about Tatum being out at the line, and he didn't want to leave Tatum wide open at the three-point line. And when he's going over to check, maybe he's looking at the ball, he's trying to get the game clock to figure out exactly what the situation was. Jason Tatum sneaks behind him, goes, cuts towards the basket, and thus we get uh, a game winner for the Celtics and a very disappointing loss for the Nets. I mean, the Nets have seemed like they had him. This unbelievable performance from Kyrie, who just kept flipping off the the crowd it's going to be a challenge for the nba do, do you find them for the entire game do you find them for the individual acts it's going to be a, a lot of paperwork i believe filled out at the league office i'm not sure if he scored more points in the fourth quarter or handed out more birds i mean there was quite a bit <laughs> he scored 18 in the fourth finished the game with 39 and didn't actually start this game shooting well but got a lot of free throws and i feel like the free throws helped get him going keith yeah, and I don't, it might have been the free throws, it might have been the booing. Whatever gets the player motivated, but he definitely delivered. Uh, even in the post-game comments, he had things to say about the fans there, and it was just an exciting performance. And again, it was back and forth. This Nets team, they were down double digits in the fourth quarter, but they just rallied You know, Durant and Irving, and they showed why. As a seven seed, this is one of the most feared teams in the entire playoffs. They have Durant. They have Kyrie, and even like a lot of the supporting cast showed up. Nick Claxton had a very nice game. Goran Dragic, who basically hasn't played hardly at all this year, he set out, didn't want to be on the Raptors, you know, and then was like, all right, you know, get me to a playoff situation. It turned out the Raptors were a playoff situation, but with the way he performed on Sunday, it made you feel like maybe he made possibly uh, the right move. He was a big contributor to, to this team, but. When it comes down to it, you got Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum, also Al Horford with a huge game. Yeah, you mentioned it. Team effort for the Celtics. 23 for Jalen Brown, 20 and 15 rebounds for Horford. Uh, Marcus Smart had 20 points, hit four threes. But I'll tell you, the, the team effort that really showed up was the team effort defensively and especially on Kevin Durant. I mean, Al Horford was spectacular on him. Jason Tatum blocked his shot. In this game, some of the best individual defense I've ever seen from a guy against Kevin Durant. And it showed in the box score. He was 9 of 24 in this game, only 23 points. Looked like he couldn't get past these guys on the perimeter, Keith. Yeah. And it might be bad for the Celtics. I mean, it might be bad for the Nets, actually, that the Celtics didn't even make their three pointers at a rate we are accustomed to. Like, I think maybe later in the series, we're going to see 
actually the Celtics players begin to knock down the shots. Like I'm used to them making 15 threes a game or so, you know, they only made 11, they only made 12 of their attempts in this one. And uh, it allowed the Nets, I felt to, to catch up. You had maybe the role players, maybe the moment was too big for like a Grant Williams, but I expect him to knock on the shots that he was getting. And I, you know, I expect this series. I don't know. Like I thought the Celtics were Probably the heavy favorite, even though I knew everyone was saying, listen, they have they have Kyrie, they have Kevin Durant. Watching this game, I was like, no, no, I was wrong. I, I underestimated just how good having guys who can get buckets. I mean, we know these are all-time great bucket getters. And in the postseason, just having that offensive ability is such like a, a way to level up your team. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Nice drive the basket. Good for him. He'll need to be more assertive and efficient if they're going to win the series. And there's a three-pointer on the other end, and so back Bane. and forth they go. That's Bane right there. I trust that man to hit threes. That's what he does. Okay, Keith, this one's tough. I know it's going to be tough for you to talk about, but we had a huge upset, I would say. I mean, look, a seven seed beating a two seed, we're used to that in March Madness. Not in the NBA playoffs, but that's what we got in game one. The Minnesota Timberwolves defeat the Memphis Grizzlies 130 to 117. And look, Anthony Edwards was the star of the show in this game, Keith. What was it like being there in person for the Anthony Edwards coming out party? I got to say, as someone, I was covering the game, but I'm just absolutely just a Grizzlies fan. It was very unpleasant. It was very unpleasant, Dave. Anthony Edwards was one of the statistically best Playoff debuts ever uh, for for any player, especially one as young as Anthony Edwards. He was virtually unguardable with the 36 points. Carl Anthony Towns looked every bit of an all-NBA level center. The Grizzlies had a lot of trouble stopping the Timberwolves. And the Grizzlies' regular season formula for success of getting offensive rebounds, getting second-chance scoring, did not work out. Going into this series, it was assumed the Timberwolves, who who led the NBA in points per game, uh, three-pointers attempted, three-pointers made per game. It was assumed the Timberwolves were going to crush the Grizzlies from the three-point line, but the Grizzlies could make up for it by forcing turnovers and getting second-chance scoring. And that was not the formula, as the Grizzlies, in the end, didn't have enough to overcome not just Anthony Edwards, not just Carl Anthony Towns, but Malik Beasley had a huge game. Jaden McDaniels had a huge game. Just an overall great team win for the seven seed that pulls off the upset, unlike the Nets that were, again, a split second away from the seven seeds going 2-0 and on the opening weekend. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns with a nice bounce back from his poor showing against the Clippers the other day. Uh, 29 points, 13 rebounds, four offensive rebounds, which was huge in this game, and, and especially against a team like Memphis. Uh, what did you think about Carl Towns, and is this a problem for Memphis looking ahead in this series? It's going to be an issue on how they choose to defend him. They open the game by having Steven Adams on him. Steven Adams had a very forgettable game 
zero points and three rebounds in 24 minutes for Steven Adams. And he had difficulty guarding Carl Anthony Towns, which is, that's fair. Anyone is going to have difficulty guarding Carl Anthony Towns. But then on switches, he was also getting exploited a little bit. So then when the Grizzlies would go a little bit smaller, Carl Anthony Towns would just basically seal the guys in the paint and they couldn't match up with them. So yeah, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a problem. I think what the Grizzlies are going to want to do is try to attack him a little bit more on the offensive end. I don't know if that means Brandon Clark plays even more minutes. Brandon Clark had a big double-double off the bench for the Grizzlies. Um, also, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to need to stay out of foul trouble. Jaron Jackson Jr. had seven blocks but only played 24 minutes as he picked up five fouls. Yeah, he looked like previous seasons, Jaron, out there with some of the, the ticky-tack stuff that we thought he had grown out of a little bit. John Morant coming back, you know, the last couple of weeks, 32 points, 20 free throws, Keith. I mean, he was just getting to the line at will, and that is sort of a continuation of what he did last year in the playoffs. He can get in the lane. He can put these guys in, in disadvantageous positions. It's up to the rest of the team to help him out. Right. You saw that Ja got to the line 20 times. It was a thing where I think Minnesota was playing pretty good defense and Ja was just splitting double teams, getting towards the basket, forcing contact and generating that offense that kept the Grizzlies close, kept them within arms reach in this game. Also, Dylan Brooks, who we've seen playoff Dylan Brooks. It's just a thing. This guy kicks it in another gear in the postseason now, second year in a row. Uh, he had 24 points. He got, he got to the line 10 times. So, the Grizzlies basically lived at the free throw line, which made up for the fact that they couldn't make any three-pointers, and they also weren't getting the turnovers, the transition points they're accustomed to, and those second-chance points. We did it, man. Man, this is our city. This is our city, man. We did it, man. It's unbelievable. Okay, a bunch Got of it. games, obviously, because it's the opening weekend of the playoffs. So we thought we'd do a little bit of rapid fire here, and we're going to go Bulls-Bucks because that game was a bit of a surprise. The Bucks came out just absolutely dog-walking the Bulls, and then the Bulls came back. Keith, I might have turned this game off if it was a regular season game. I can't get over the way this game played out, that the Bulls just could not score. And I want to give credit to the Bucs. We know they have a championship-level defense when they all play at, at their peak ability. But you look at the box score, DeMar DeRozan, 6 for 25 from the field, Nikola Vucevic, 9 for 27. Zach Levine, 6 for 19. I see that. I'm like, oh, well, so the Bucks won by 40? Like, no, this was single digits. The Bulls as a team were 32% from the field. They were 7 for 37 for 3. And yet somehow, through tenacity, through grit, through some defense from Alex Caruso, they made this a game. They were very competitive. They took the lead and only lost by single digits. Now, I'm glad you mentioned Alex Caruso because the Bucks committed 21 turnovers and they only shot 26% from three, Keith. Now, that usually is a recipe for a loss for the Bucks. I have no idea how the Bulls just didn't make these open shots they had. I feel bad for the Bulls letting this opportunity of like, I don't know if you're going to hold the Bucks to this poor of an offensive performance and to not get any of your all-star level players to contribute at the, at the levels they expect to, you know, that, that is disappointing, but like the bucks, we obviously know they won the title last year. They had so many games in the postseason last year. If you remember where they couldn't make three pointers, like they just shot a bunch of three pointers and yet they still clawed their way to the title. Maybe that's the plan, Dave. Maybe they're going to repeat again, just without making three pointers, except in very key moments. 
On Saturday, the Dallas Mavericks could not pull off the victory without Luka Doncic dropping the game one of their series against the Utah Jazz, 99-93. Donovan Mitchell had 30 of his 32 after halftime. And I, I got to be honest, Keith, the first half, I thought that Dallas had a chance. They looked pretty good. Spencer Dinwiddie was cooking, especially early. The crowd there in Dallas was fully behind him. I mean, it was a really, really hot crowd. And I was worried Utah was going to crumble, but they didn't this time, Keith. I almost wonder if the Mavericks players, like, did they lose steam in this game? They had heavy minutes for their main core of guys, Reggie Bullock, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. They're just playing tons of minutes. And, like, they're depending so heavily on Dinwiddie and Brunson just to give them offense to replace the things that they've lost from Luka Doncic. You know, and maybe it, it was too big of an ask. You know, if you're a Jazz fan, I think you were extremely anxious that you were going to drop this game because it was just a toss-up game for the longest time. But they, their players come through with a lot of good defense. Like, Gobert was dominant defensively in this one. And Gobert being dominant on one end is why they won the game. But, Keith, on the other end, he only attempted one shot. Seems like a mistake when you're playing against a team that's as small as Dallas was playing. Do you think it's a problem that Donovan Mitchell shot the ball 28 more times than Rudy Gobert? Don't ask Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder said there's nothing to see here, guys. They sit at the same table when they eat sometimes. You know, we don't, you know, I don't know if they ride to practice together. Probably nothing to see here. No, it's a good win for the Jazz. I guess the story now, we just focus on Doncic's health. It was reported that he's not probably expected to play in game two, and so maybe they're circling game three if Doncic is going to come back. If Doncic isn't available for this Jazz, for excuse me, for this Mavericks team, that makes it really tough uh, for Dallas to have hopes of advancing. And it's very interesting league-wide. This is a Jazz team. A lot of people are talking about, hey, if they fall in the first round, are they going to blow it up? Well, if you beat a Mavericks team missing their best player, does that change your franchise trajectory I, I don't know in game one of their series against Philadelphia everyone expected the Toronto Raptors to come out like the murder hornets that they are on defense and cause problems but what none of us accounted for Keith was Tyrese Maxey being a superstar 38 points for Tyrese Maxey and Philadelphia beats the Raptors 131 to 111 and frankly Keith it looked easy for Philly Philadelphia didn't turn the ball over in the first half. I mean, Philadelphia put up one of the best offensive performances you'll ever see as an entire team. Yes, Maxi was incredible. James Harden, oft criticized for his playoff performances, was masterful. He was so good at distributing the basketball in this game. And then, you know, oh, by the way, you have Joel Embiid in the lane to give you 19 and 15. This was an impressive, dominating performance from a Sixers team a lot of people ha have written off. And for the Raptors, who came on so strong at the end of the year, this felt like a, I don't know, a harsh reality, a wake-up to postseason basketball. They're going to have to turn it up uh, to a way different level to compete with what Philadelphia showed in that game one. Yeah, Pascal Siakam scores 24 for the Raptors, uh, but they did lose Scotty Barnes, the, the likely rookie of the year, or at least second place in rookie of the year voting uh, to a, a twisted ankle. And, and that's going to be tough for them to make up for Keith. If he's not ready for game two, that's a huge hit to their rotation. 
yeah, the guy's been playing 35 minutes a game for this team. So, you know, you wonder if it can be next man up. I mean, they just got OG Ananobi back. They've, they've been, tr- they've been struggling to have their entire healthy roster for a while. Also like Fred Van Vliet, you know, he had so much difficulty keeping up with Maxi. I know Maxi's unbelievably fast, but like I normally expect more from Van Vliet. It almost makes you wonder if he's a little bit banged up at this time of year. It's a big ask for the Raptors, but uh, they will definitely try to bounce back uh, come game two. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow, or it can crash. In San Francisco, the Golden State Warriors got their superstar in the starting lineup. Jordan Poole had a ridiculous game, Keith. 30 points, 5 of 7 from 3. He absolutely torched Denver in this game. Jordan Poole, just the... Elevation of him as a player, the coming out this whole season has been has been really impressive. The fact that the Warriors now have like him where, yes, they started him in this game because Steph Curry actually came off the bench. So Steph Curry was on a strict minutes limit. They thought the best way to handle that was having him coming off the bench. But the fact that even when Curry is going to be ready to play his regular allotment of minutes, they're not doing anything with Poole's minutes. Poole is so crucial to this team. And like... His offensive game, it's so crafty. It's he's speedy as well, but like the shooting, the foul drawing, the he led the league in free throw percentage this year. Like that guy is such an incredible player. He, I mean, he's another guy like Anthony Edwards who scored 30 points in his NBA playoff debut. Uh, just an impressive showing. And the Nuggets just they couldn't keep pace. I mean, poor Jokic. None of his none of his teammates could provide the offense to match what the Warriors were doing, especially what Jordan Poole was doing. Yeah, the Warriors shot 45% from three, 16 of 35, and the Nuggets just could not match that pace, 31% for them. Uh, Steph Curry, 16 points, only 5 of 13 shooting, but uh, plus 17 off the bench. Uh, you know, they, they should maybe let him win six-man of the year next year. What do you think, Keith? Yeah. Oh, finally. Yeah. Does the finals have a six man award? Maybe instead of finals MVP, you can pick up a final six man of the year. We set to young. Oh, look at Lowry. Love it. Yeah, right got back that time and kind of took what could have been an easy layup for Hero. In Miami, the Heat absolutely just dog-walked the Hawks. And, and it stinks, Keith, because a lot of people probably just seeing the Hawks for the first time. Trey Young has had a really great finish to the season, including huge game to get into the playoffs the other night. The Friday night play-in games, which we don't even talk about, because, I mean, like, the NBA playoffs started. This weekend was insane for basketball, if you include the two games on Friday night. But Trey Young... The fourth quarter he had against the Cavaliers, it was unbelievable. It was pure basketball mastery. It was almost cruelty if you're a Cavaliers fan, but he did not 
have enough in the tank to carry over in game one. An absolutely horrific performance from Trey uh, against a team that's possibly the best equipped team to handle him with having Bam Adebayo and other good switchable bigs. Yeah, especially without Clint Capella out there. And on the other side, for Miami, I felt like almost everybody had a good game, but nobody stood out more than Duncan Robinson, who was out of the rotation. Keith, I didn't even know he was going to play. Yeah, so the Heat start a lineup that has played approximately 100 possessions together this season. They had Max Struess out there, along with Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, and Bam Adebayo. The Hawks are starting a lineup that's basically never played together because of the Clint Capella injury. You have a Kongu out there. And so these two lineups, you know, like it wasn't something these teams had used a lot this year. And then all of a sudden, Duncan Robinson, who ostensibly Max Struess has stolen his spot, just goes off eight for nine from three with 27 points. And then on the flip side, going to the shooting numbers of Trey Young, if you include Trey and Bogdan Bogdanovich, they were one for 20 combined. One for 20. That is horrific and just a totally forgettable performance for the Hawks. You assume they're going to bounce back. Maybe the high of Friday night you know, securing your playoff spot by beating the Cavaliers and then having to play early on Sunday. Maybe that was a tough ask, and hopefully we'll see better from them uh, in later games. Talk about your demeanor when you guys went on your run to basically like, look up, well, you wanted to get this corrected right away. I'm just curious, what was, what's that mentality of the takeover situation for you? Just reading the game. <clears throat> we watch games all day, every day. We got to watch all the games yesterday, we watched the games today, and you know in the playoffs teams aren't going to lay down, it ain't like the regular season when the team get a lead, they sub everybody out, <clears throat> and uh, that team over there, they're going to keep playing hard. And in the Sunday night nightcap, the point God took over late for the Suns, and they beat the Pelicans 110-99, to Chris Paul scored 19 of his 30 points in what was a ridiculous fourth quarter. And by the way, he did it on both ends, Keith. I don't know how he's playing this high-level basketball at his age at this point in the season. Maybe this injury that he got that he picked up ahead of the playoffs has given him some extra steam because he looked awesome. This was, I mean, it's an all-time playoff performance, I guess. Maybe it's just too much recency bias or that's too much complimenting him. But when you see him not even accounting for his age, like, oh, just, you know, 30 points, 10 assists, three steals in a block, seven rebounds, 12 for 16 from the field. It's, a, it's That's perfect basketball. That's a perfect basketball game. And, and to do it in the playoffs when your team needs it. You know, I give a lot of credit, honestly, to the Pelicans. Like, they similarly to the Hawks, they've just punched their ticket on Friday night. And the start of this one, it looked like the Suns were going to run them out of the gym but they just kept chipping away. They just kept fighting. Uh, Larry Nance, who like, congratulations, man. That guy wanted to leave Cleveland because he wanted to go to the playoffs. Ends up in Portland. Somehow the Cavs get good. Then Portland gets terrible. Then the Cavs miss the playoffs and Larry Nance ends up in the playoffs. Mission accomplished, Larry Nance. He was great off the bench. So like, I enjoyed that. But all in all, they didn't have enough to handle. I mean, Devin Booker, like a totally... F- I mean, I don't want to say forgettable. I've said forgettable too many times this episode. Like pedestrian, pedestrian, just like oh, he was just awesome. But Chris Paul was better, and oh, by the way, DeAndre Ayton. 
Like yeah. DeAndre Ayton had four blocks, 21 points. Nine rebounds. Nine rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, Suns, <laughs> the Suns firing on all cylinders. And you mentioned the, the Pelicans and their grit in this game. I mean, they were getting trounced early. They look like a team that wasn't supposed to be there, that was just happy to be there. And I think Willie Green kind of turned it around for them, got them playing a little bit a little bit harder, uh, got them to remember that they earned their way there. They wind up 9 of 23 from 3. I'd like to see them get more threes up, Keith, but to be fair, they should be happy to be there because they're not supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that had one of the – what they started one in 12, I believe. And for them to get in the postseason, it, it was a remarkable achievement. And they're still like figuring out who they want to play. It feels like they're still kind of like, cause Larry Nance hasn't been healthy. Wasn't healthy earlier in the regular season. They're, they're figuring out what he can deliver. Trey Murphy, Three has started getting even more playing time. They're still kind of putting the pieces together to find out what they're going to do. I don't expect, though, this to be a very long playoff series. I think the Suns are just so good. They're just so good. And even like a guy off the bench who I've been enamored with all year, Cam Johnson, you know, his return from injury, he, he had some kind of rocky games recently, but he was fantastic. And this one, if, if he gets totally back and this team is clicking. I mean, the Suns, that's it's the team everybody fears. I guess maybe that's why I'm giving this, the Pelicans so much credit for an 11-point loss. Where I'm like, I honestly, I thought you guys were going to get stomped. And you didn't, so good job, guys. Yeah, they showed a lot of toughness in, in that loss. So we always like to see that. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed opening weekend of the playoffs. I know Keith and I did. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Hope you guys have a great start to your week. Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. 12 points for Towns, more than... As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.